0: Let's begin. On today's episode of The RV, we are driving through to Arizona to speak to Michael S. Siver. Michael is an executive coach and the author of the new book, I Know, A Practical Guide for Awakening to What's Within and Finding Work-Life Integration. So, Michael, welcome to The Relatable Voice.
1: Thank you so much, Lucia, for your time. I really appreciate you.
0: It's my pleasure, Mike. You mentioned that you have a cat named Cleopatra. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. She's about 10 years old and she is literally a lifesaver.
0: I want to know everything about it. And also, you said that you walk her on a leash.
1: (laughs) I do like I used to live in a really small apartment, Lucia, and she is a very active kitty. Uh, and so it, I just really wanted her to get out and see the world a little bit more. So I put a harness on her and we walk up and down the streets. She absolutely loves to be outdoors, like seeing things and smelling things and jumping on things. And so in some ways, she's kind of like a dog.
0: Well, That's so amazing. I think my cat would freak out if I <laughs> if, if I even walk towards the stairs that lead to my front door. Yeah. So Cleopatra is a brave cat, as I can see. Michael, I've never seen this before. So how did you train her to do that?
1: Yeah, so I used to live in this really small apartment and uh, I wanted her to like feel grass, right? Actual grass. And so one day I took her downstairs to the grass And something scared her, like a lizard or a bird or something. And so she just took off running. And that really scared me because she doesn't have claws in the front. she is declawed in her front claws. So the next day, I went and bought a harness and a leash, put the harness and leash on her, walked her back down to the same location in the grass, and something else spooked her a second time. But this time, I could walk her on the leash. And yeah, you know, I didn't know what to expect, but she absolutely loves it and you know, loved it then and still loves it now. And so funny thing now is that in the community I live in in Phoenix, Arizona, we walk up and down the street and many people come outside and greet us. Like they want to see someone walking her on a leash. And so they think it's funny too.
0: And out of curiosity, what happens when you face a dog?
1: So depends on the dog, but most of the time, Cleopatra gets really small or she tries to hide behind me, or sometimes I have to pick her up uh, because she does love to be around other humans and animals, but she likes to do it on her own terms. And so I have to be just a little bit cautious about those introductions.
0: Wow, oh, she's amazing. And how did she you save your life, Michael?
1: Yeah, so the in May of 2019, I was going through a really hard period where a couple months before that, in July and August of 2018, I decided to leave a six-year relationship and my stepdaughter went off to college. So for the first time in my life, I was uh, almost like an empty nester or I was single for the first time in a long time. And so I was feeling a lot of despair at the end of 2018 and the beginning of 2019. So I tried to do a couple different things inside my executive coaching and leadership consulting and public speaking business, and they weren't working. There was a lot of mistakes that I was making in that. So in May of 2019, I was feeling really sad or bad as a result of losing the relationship as a result of my stepdaughter being off at college. And for many of the things that I was trying in my business, they weren't working. So one day I was just lying on the bedroom floor crying and really struggling with why is all, these, why is all of this happening? Uh, what do I do to get out of it? And I started to think about suicide. I started to think about not wanting to be here on earth anymore because I was so sad and didn't know what to do to move forward. And so thankfully, right at that moment that I started to think about that or process that or think about how it would occur, Cleopatra out of nowhere came over and laid on my chest And she started purring and she started, you know, like hugging me in a way that she doesn't normally do. She's not an affectionate cat normally. And so when she did that, I instantly felt calm. I instantly felt like everything was going to be okay. I instantly felt like I needed to stay on earth. I just didn't know why. And so in that moment, her coming over and laying on my chest saved my life. And now I, I really, I do, I owe my life to her in so many ways.
0: Oh, I have goosebumps now. (laughs) Oh, she's so special, and I'm so happy that you have Cleopatra. Thank
1: you. Me too.
0: Michael, you started your coaching practice in 2011. Yes. In 2013, the Arizona Republic added you to the 35 Entrepreneurs 35 and Younger list. Yes. In 2016, you were also named to the Phoenix Business Journal's 40 under 40 list, and you joined Valet Leadership Class 38. So what is different about your executive coaching and what makes it so successful?
1: Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you know, those awards were really unexpected to me, uh, because I was pretty, uh, I was lacking confidence kind of at that phase of my life. And so to know that my untraditional approach to coaching was actually meaningful or being recognized around the state of Arizona, it really meant a lot to me. And when it comes to coaching, I try really hard to integrate the personal and the professional sides of each client that I work with so that they show up as the most authentic version of themselves, right? Because in America, specifically in other Western countries, there seems to be like you can be one person at home, but then when you go to work, you have to put on a mask and be somebody different. Mm -hmm. And that always felt very inauthentic to me. So I wanted to find a way to create a way for people to be able to do both the same, how they interacted personally and how they interact professionally. And so my process really does help them to do that. So I really try to find a way when I'm coaching a person to say, how can we teach you about business strategy? How can we teach you about positive psychology, right? And how can we mix in just a little bit of spirituality into this process so that we're, we're integrating all of these ideas into one kind of like outcome of having one personal brand or one mission statement or one set of core values or one focused area of goals So that they're not saying, I'm this person at home and I'm this person at work. I just wanted them to be one authentic person.
0: Your book, Michael, is called I Know. It was published in January 2021. How did you get into writing?
1: Yeah. You know, for me, it was it was always this thing over time. And for me, I'm an introvert quite naturally. So for me, it's a little bit hard to be able to speak publicly or to be interviewed on podcasts. I really have to get myself uh, in the right mental state to be able to do it. So when I first started coaching back in 2011, back then blogs and articles on places like LinkedIn were really popular. And I really wanted to express myself or share the resources and ideas that I had been accumulating as a coach, but I didn't feel safe yet to do it by speaking publicly, right? I didn't have the confidence or the courage to do it. So the way that I was able to over time build courage was I just started writing. So it started through my website, michaelssever.com. I just started writing blogs and I just started writing other pieces for like local media. And so over the last 10 years, my 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 love of writing is still the same. It's definitely a release for me. It's definitely a way to connect the dots. It's definitely a way for me to teach myself. So since those early days of not having the courage to write, I just started writing and then slowly taught myself. I've hired executive coaches. I've hired writing coaches as time has passed and progressed to help me get better or enjoy it even more. But looking back today, I have I have over two hundred blogs on my website. I've had hundreds of media placements. I've written three books. Uh, already. And so the courage that I built up over a long period of time to not only to write more authentically, but also to speak publicly, it just came from me starting small, wanting to share my story, wanting to help other people. And thankfully, it's blossomed into something much bigger.
0: Well, I can't believe you were an introvert. (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've learned behaviors, Lucia, to be able to share myself openly, but it, it takes a lot of energy out of me when I do it.
0: I'm not. I'm an
1: extrovert. <laughs> yes.
0: And can you quickly tell us what this book is about?
1: Yeah. I'll put it up on the screen if anybody is watching on video. You can see here. And Lucia has already been kind enough to mention the title. It's called I Know. And really what it is, is, is that I want people to learn to go from the place of being unhappy or disengaged or kind of wondering uh, what's next in their life is that if they navigate the nine different chapters and if they navigate the, each process that I put inside the chapter, by the end of it, they're going to be able to trust their intuition. They're going to be happy. They're going to have a joy-filled life. They're going to know what their mission is. Right. They're going to be able to walk confidently forward into a future that may seem a little bit uncertain. So I designed the book to be able to take a person who wanted to be more authentic, and then I walk them through the nine chapters and the nine processes in each, in each kind of section to move them to that place of feeling very safe and confident that they can live as authentically as possible.
0: Wow, this book is very interesting. I think I have to get to your book as well.
1: Yes, of course. I'll yeah. send it to you.
0: Please, please. I'll be more than happy <laughs> to read it. And as we were talking about a mission you mentioned that your life's mission is to unlock human potential how did you come to this conclusion
1: it it was a very long journey for me Uh, I, i talk about at the very beginning of of i know about how i was raised in a small town in michigan uh where people there were very kind of like homogeneous mindset and so my family still to this day has a landscaping and law maintenance and snow plowing business And so I worked inside that business from age 12 until 24, but I was really struggling during those years because I wasn't allowed to be my most authentic self, right? I was always kind of a robot inside the family business, always having to do what it is that my grandfather or my father said to do. And that was really hard for me. So in 2003, when I left Michigan to move to Arizona, I promised myself that I would find a way to help others become more authentic, right? If that was by being a coach or that was by being a mentor or a consultant, I didn't know how it was going to happen. I just promised myself that I would. So as I was moving to Arizona, a few years after that, I ended up getting a master's degree at the Thunderbird School of Global Management. And this is where my my work as a coach came from, where I was given a coach there and she helped me to uncover some really important things about my life and what my life's mission was. And so it was about 2009, 2010, that I formerly wrote the mission statement about unlocking human potential because it was my way of helping someone overcome the same challenges for themselves that I had when I was younger. right? And so I really wanted to say, okay, how can I have a mission statement the same way that most big companies or organizations have a mission statement so that when I'm confronted by choices, I know that I can always choose the option or the path that aligns with me and my personal mission or my why or my purpose. And so back is probably 2010, early 2011 is when I wrote the mission statement, I exist to unlock human potential through the development of personal and professional well-being. And that's my way of helping people become the most authentic versions of themselves by marrying those kind of personal and professional sides of who they are. And so I'm very thankful that each day I get to do that. And now I get to help a lot of other people do the same.
0: This is so awesome. I chose a quote for you. Authenticity is a collection of choices that we have to make every day. It's about the choice to show up and be real. The choice to be honest. The choice to let your true the choice to let our true selves be seen from Brene Brown. What do you think about this quote?
1: I think it really super duper well aligns with with who I am and, and what I believe. So in our society globally, right, we are told that we are supposed to share a personality ethic. We are supposed to put forth this image of what we want others to perceive us to be. And I don't believe that that's authentic, or I don't believe that it's true. I believe more in line with what Brene is talking about, which is we have to share the highs and the lows. We have to talk openly about our emotions and our challenges and our struggles. And we have to be able to share the, the ups and the downs as we navigate life, because at the end of the day, the thing that's gonna matter more than anything else to make us have a long, happy, and healthy life is the deep and meaningful relationships that we have throughout our life. And so when we share our true and authentic selves, or we are in relationships, personal and professional, where we can take risks and be vulnerable and actually really share our journey as it happens, that's going to mean a lot to us, right? To me, that's authenticity. So authenticity is sharing the highs and the lows. It's being a part of really meaningful relationships. It's growing and developing in our own way. And really meaningfully, it's helping others to grow and develop. Right. So I just want people to really live authentically day to day, because that's where the most deep meaning comes from.
0: Yes, totally. And sometimes I think why people have hard time being authentic. And I believe that involves being vulnerable. I think I am genuine. I mean, what you see is what you get.
1: Thank you for living authentically. It really does matter. Right. I think in our society. Uh, it's very easy to go to a school to attempt to learn something, but it's very easy also to forget those things that the teacher teaches us. I think that the best way to learn something is to learn it experientially, where you can engage all of your five senses at the same time. And then if we do that, we can then lead by example and give other people a safe place to experiment and try for themselves. So please, Lucia, do not change. Keep going. Keep doing the things that you desire to do. I promise you hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people are watching because they, in their heart, desire to do the same. And you're giving them the courage to do so.
0: Uh, thank you. Thank you, I will, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael, you are certified by TTISI to administer the DISC. 12, driving force and emotional intelligence assessments. What exactly does this entail? Uh,
1: so many different things, right? So my work at its core is really about being a psychologist. And so I'm always attempting to help bring to light various things for a person. So the DISC assessment is a—it's uh, an overt, this is how we prefer to communicate assessment. So are we extrovert? Are we introvert? Uh, Are we more people-oriented? Are we task-oriented? How do we view ourselves inside of an environment? What are our kind of word choice or tone of voice or nonverbal cues? So the DISC assessment just helps people to understand their behavioral or communication style, right? how they interact with the world around them. Now, the second one, the 12 driving forces, is really about what motivates us. And so these are the things that we wouldn't normally know about ourselves Um, If we didn't talk about them openly. So there are 12 kind of key motivators And my work is to give people the assessment and help them understand what those motivators are or how they, what they mean, but then how to live them more, because if a person knows what their top four motivators are and they can spend a, a pretty big portion of their day living them, they're going to be really happy and full of joy and engaged, right? So that's really important. Now, the third one about emotional intelligence, um, this one is really about how aware are we of our own emotions and our own emotional reactions or what we do when we're feeling mad or sad, but it's also a great assessment to help understand how do you affect the emotions of others around you, good or bad, um, and then how do you build relationships? And so there was a professor out of uh, the University of Pennsylvania, um, her name was Sagal Barsade, And Seagal found that emotions are contagious. Like we literally pick up emotions subconsciously from the people around us. And so when I do trainings and coaching around emotional intelligence, I really want people to understand, you know, why do they behave or or respond emotionally the way that they do? And then how can they behave in a more emotionally intelligent way when they're in groups of people so that they spread positive emotions? not negative emotions. And so I use each of those assessments differently depending on what the client needs, Um, but it's a really good way for people to see themselves in a new light and to have more knowledge or more information about themselves.
0: Absolutely. I'm not an expert, but uh, I think we need to know ourselves in order to find our balance. So how has the pandemic affected your mentality and outlook?
1: For me, the... There were some initial shocks in March and April and May of 2020, because some of the business opportunities that I had lined up were all of a sudden stopped and they were eventually moved to like September, October, November of 2020. So I was initially shocked by it, right? It was like, okay, what what do I need to adjust or do in my business to make sure that my, my life and my family is still safe. Uh, So that was kind of initial shock. But as I began to do all of my coaching and all of my trainings virtually, I realized that I could still help a lot of people, just not in person, but now we're doing it virtually through uh, online tools. And so that gave me a confidence that I could continue to help others, but I was going to do it through a different means. So what I've seen over the last probably 18 months now is, is that I've seen that people realize that they can navigate change much more safely than maybe that they thought they could. And I really learned that for myself because I was set on doing my business one way, but some of the revenue lines that I have today didn't exist two years ago. And so I've had to navigate and change a little bit, but in a a good way. So I think we're all learning that it's okay to change. Now, I also learned, and I think others are learning this too, about how to uh, share my perspective or share my voice more broadly. And, and so I think many people have felt a little bit suppressed, but over the last couple of years, people have really started to step into their personal truth. So I shared my journey more authentically through the book, but I've also through videos that I post on social media or through things that I share on social media or articles that I write, I talk much more openly today about my personal hardships and journey than I would have two years ago. Right? So I'm encouraging other people to use their voice in a way that's important for them Right, to share their story. Now, but what I'm also seeing, and maybe you're seeing this too, Lucia, is, is that we're going through this really, really big shift societally. And I'm having to try to understand that shift, and I hope others are too, where we used to um, really work inside of a, uh, these large, hierarchical, centralized, power-driven organizations And many of those power structures are kind of disintegrating, right? They're dissolving right now in front of our eyes. And so I'm learning again, how to manage a lot of relationships at the same time, because the way that we drive business today is through word of mouth referral. And so I'm really having to reconnect with a lot of old relationships and rekindle them and to keep them going to make sure that not only do I find meaning in my life through those relationships, but also that I can help others or that I can market and advertise and do things a little bit different in my business through some of these really important relationships. So I'm seeing this kind of grassroots uprising of people who want to become a part of the gig economy or to be entrepreneurs like you or me, or you know really do life differently than having to work for someone else full-time. So I'm watching all these shifts and changes occur. And honestly, March, April, May of 2020 was pretty challenging. But over time, I've been able to build up an emotional resilience that allows for me to be very proactive about any possible changes that could come.
0: Michael, are you working on anything at the present you would like to share?
1: There are so many things, Lucia. We could talk for hours. Um, and so the, the thing that I'm really thinking about more than anything else is that after I published I Know, uh, a couple of months after that, I launched something called the You and I Know Circle right? Which is a, it's kind of like a executive round table. It's part executive coaching, and it's part like a reading club or a reading group based on my book. And so from the latter part of April, 2021 through August, 2021, we had nine sessions with the first or the inaugural you and I know circle. And there were 12 uh, CFOs basically, or finance executives from around America that were in this group. And it really gave me a lot of hope or a lot of possibility for understanding how could I affect people positively in the future. And so, yes, I can continue coaching. Yes, I can continue to speak publicly. Yes, I can continue leadership consulting. But I think the future is really about empowering other people to lead their own version of a you and I know circle. And so what I want to do is be able to solidify the you and I know circle model so that I can share it freely with other people and that if they wanted to become a coach and they wanted to coach 12 people of their own, they could. And so I want to be able to scale that in a way to really help people know in their own hearts that they have the answer inside of them and they can become their most happy and authentic self too.
0: Michael, where can our listeners find you and of course your books? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thank you. The, the, the best place to be able to go to like a central hub or resource of my ideas is michaelssever.com. My middle name is Scott. So Michael S. Sever, two S's there in the center, michaelssever.com. I also have a pretty active presence on Instagram and on LinkedIn. Um, And so you can find me through my website there. I also share quite a bit of video content on YouTube and have a little bit of a presence on Facebook and Twitter. But I think if someone really wants to learn more about uh, my book, which there's a page on michaelssever.com devoted to the book, the book is available in 40,000 retailers around the world. But I think most people probably go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Google or Apple to be able to get it because it is available in print and it's available in ebook and it's available in audiobook. So they can get it in any one of those three forms. But to learn a little bit more about me and how I help people or about the books, content or ideas, MichaelSiever.com is probably the safest place to go.
0: Wonderful. And Michael, I really appreciate our conversation. Thank you very much for getting a ride with us.
1: Yeah, it is absolutely my pleasure. Thank you for letting me join you.